On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Make it make sense, man. The Brewers get swept by the Rockets. Come on, man. No, no, no. We're not going to be negative Nancys here, Debbie Downers, on this Thursday evening. Obviously, we didn't have a post-game show today, so we're going to kind of spend a little bit talking about today's game. We're going to spend a little bit talking about are we going to overreact? Is this going to stick? What the heck is going on? Let's all take a deep breath together. This is a group therapy session beginning today. I'm allergies. I'm all clogged up right now. Okay. Look at the calendar. I said this on yesterday's show. Look at the calendar. It is May 4th. May 4th. There is so much season to go. That doesn't mean... We're ignoring the alarm that's going off right now and getting swept by the Rockies, losing two out of three to the Tigers. You keep hitting snooze on that alarm, it's going to get louder and louder and louder, and then all of a sudden, it's June, and you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, I have overslept. I thought I was only going to be asleep for 10 minutes, and oh my goodness, it became 45 minutes. Oh no. This is that first alarm in my opinion, of the Brewers' season. But a reminder, just this number, there's 131 games to go. 131. That is so much season. If you want me to be screaming rah-rah fire, everybody cut the team, this, this is not that podcast. Because I have lived my entire life in baseball. I have seen teams turn things around quickly. In fact, 2019... Your Brewers were in the wild card game against the Nationals. The Nationals were 19 and 31 to start that season. 19 and 31. They thought they were going to fire David Martinez. They didn't. They win the World Series. Last year, the Phillies, they stunk. They fired Joe Girardi. Rob Thompson gets them going. They make it to the World Series. They didn't win it, but they made it there. The Astros were really, really, really good. The point is, there is immediate close history of teams that get off to slow starts, worse starts than the Brewers, who are 18 and 13, that you just ignore. You Oh, yeah, remember when? You know, it's like, it, it'll become that. I'm not saying the Brewers are a 100-win team. I'm not saying the Brewers are World Series contenders. What I'm saying is there is plenty of evidence to prove that it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And isn't this what we've said all of April, after that great start, saying, well, look, it's a great start. There's going to be an adjustment. The league's going to make the adjustments to the Brewers. And don't be surprised when it happens. And here you guys, you guys are surprised when it's happening. Like, whoa, 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 it's time out here. There's professionals on the other side, too. And I think the frustration is that it was the Rockies, right? 9-20 and 20 coming into this series, and they sweep them. It's not, you know, sunshine and lollipops, but there's a lot of alarm bells ringing right now. We're going to talk about those alarm bells. We're going to get some reaction today. Uh, we got to hear from uh, Peter Strzelecki today as well. After losing it, I thought that was a really stand-up uh, uh, performance of him to go up and speak to the media after blowing it today. Uh, if you want to participate in the show tonight, 855-616-1620. One more time, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. 855 616 one six twenty. You can text in. You can call in. You can tweet me as well at Dom underscore C O T R O N E O. Dom Cot Ronio. 
Uh, I'll be on there. I'm also on 620 WTMJ. So we're all over there uh, to get your thoughts on this uh, alarm bell that is ringing right now. We're going to talk a little more in depth about this game at hand that happened today. The loss to the Rockies, 9-6 to was the final. You would have no idea that Wade Miley absolutely shoved in this game just by looking at the uh, final score of this one. So take a quick breather, come back, talk about the game that happened today. This is Brewers Weekly. Coming along now as we're up and running in this one, the Brewers fall by a final of 9-6. to This is Brewers Weekly, Thursday nights that there isn't a conflict. We'll be back next Thursday night as well with the off day. Uh, what a day for Milwaukee sports, though. I mean... Shoot, Mike Budenholzer uh, being let go and the Brewers getting swept by the Rockies. Uh, at least the the Admirals are not playing tonight. They play tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I guess all that's left is the Packers to make another crazy trade. I don't know. But uh, looking at the box score today, like we said in the tease leading into the uh, end of that first segment, if I told you that Wade Miley absolutely was dominant in this game, you would say, no way. It was a 9-6 final, Dom. It's Coors Field special. Uh, that was not the case at all. Wade Miley, six-plus innings. He worked into that seventh inning. He allowed six hits, only three leading into that sixth inning. Three earned runs, uh, two walks, two strikeouts, no homers. I, the number that jumps out to me about Wade Miley's start today, his average exit velocity against him was only 80 miles an hour. And look... Wade knows he's a guy that gives up a lot of contact. He's not necessarily always a ground ball guy, but as long as he's getting soft contact, he's happy. And the soft contact rapidly disappeared in that seventh inning. And uh, I, I, Craig Council, I'm going to play the audio here in just a second, but Craig Council talked about the fact that, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a doubt. I, I didn't mind sending him back out there for the seventh inning. It, it's revisionist history. If you were sitting there, it, it, let's also be honest, too, that, you know, a lot of folks in today's world and the loud people on Twitter are saying, oh, pitchers don't go long anymore. Oh, they're, they're babies. They don't they don't toughen up and do it. Wade Miley's 36 years old, okay? He's not going to be pitching forever and furthermore not pitching much longer. And he knows that. And the Brewers know that. They want to keep him healthy. They've been keeping him short in the 80 pitch count total the last few starts. But the way he was rolling, he had a 4 nothing lead. Uh, he had a lefty leading off the inning in Moustakis. And you thought, all right, let's, let's try to squeeze one more out of him. And get out of here with a win. And I don't blame them at all. I think that first at-bat to Moustakas took more of him than he anticipated. Seven-pitch A-B, then the bunt single, and then you blink the double down the line, and oh my goodness, what just happened? So I think it was the right call to bring Wade back out there. It just was a matter of execution. But at the same time, don't let that ignore, uh, you know, hide the fact that Wade Miley has been the best pitcher on the Brewers this year, and it's not close. Uh, Wade Miley's arguably, and I tweeted this, Arguably been a top 10 pitcher in all of baseball. Uh, he has been, I mean, we know he's the most important player uh, on the Brewers so far this year, given all the injuries and the slow start to the uh, pitching staff. But the fact that, for one, he was kind of a guy that everyone wrote off, like, oh, why are you getting Wade Miley? you got too many starters now. What are you doing? To, oh my goodness, I cannot imagine this team without Wade Miley. It, it happens Really, really fast. His ERA barely went up uh, with this loss as well. 2.31. He leads the team in earned run average. When you look at his 
rate for the uh, National League, just pulling this up here in a moment, uh, his rate in the National League and his whip and all that, he doesn't, you know, he gives up a lot of contact, he gives up a lot of base hits. So when you look at that sort of thing, it's like, well, it's not that impressive, Don. What are you talking about? But when you want to look at uh, ERA, uh, right now, 2-3-1 is good for 7th best in the National League. Trailing Justin Steele, yeah boy, Justin Pottinger, uh, Bryce Elder with the Braves, Clayton Kershaw, who's having a heck of a season with the Dodgers, Graham Ashcraft, who was my pick to click. I told some friends in fantasy baseball, hey, I really like Graham Ashcraft this year, and he has backed that up with the Reds. Uh, I think Anthony DiSclefani is going to be a little bit of a loiterer right now. I think he's just kind of hanging around. He's not actually going to be in this as well. Uh, Marcus Stroman's been off to a good start. Uh, see how much longer that lasts. And then it's Wade Miley. So I, I think things are looking up. Things are looking up. So Wade Miley, good stuff. Now the bad stuff. The bullpen. What went wrong in that seventh inning? There was a controversial balk in there. So the first man out of the bullpen was Yoel Pioffs. And remember, right now, the Brewers don't really have that leveraged seventh, eighth inning guy. They were trying to save Strzelecki. He didn't have a great outing on Tuesday in the opener of this series. So they wanted him for the eighth inning. And you look at, all right, who gets the seventh? Do you, do you throw Bryce Wilson for one inning, knowing his value is being available for multiple innings? And you may want to have Bryce Wilson available behind Colin Ray and Adrian Hauser coming up this weekend against the Giants. So there was a little bit of a of a balance there. You knew you had Devin Williams available in this game. You didn't even have to pitch in Colorado. So they were trying to get out of it. And the other reason why they went with Piomps, weak contact, ground ball guy. And you needed a ground ball in that situation. But the problem was, Piomps was not getting ground balls. The inning started to speed up on him. And all of a sudden, a few more runs came into score. So it started with some soft contact to Brenton Doyle. I thought this was going to be a massive play in the moment that with a runner on second base, that Doyle hits that little squibber to the right side, look like it's bound for the four hole. Bryce Terang makes an amazing diving stop on it, tries to throw out Doyle. He's the fastest player on the Rockies, doesn't throw him out, but it keeps Tovar from scoring from third. If that ball rolls into the outfield, Tovar scores. So I circled that saying, wait a minute, now you got runners on the corners, nobody out. You'll trade the double play for a, you know, for the run. But the problem was, on the first pitch, Doyle stole, so he's now on second base. I thought about it, but the more I thought about it, yeah, it didn't make sense. I saw some folks on Twitter ask about this. Why didn't you walk the batter to load the bases? Well, at that point, you were up two runs. You never, ever, ever, number one rule of managing, you don't put the go-ahead run on base for free. So a couple of folks asked me about that on Twitter. I wanted to clarify. That would have been the go-ahead run, putting him on first base for free with an intentional walk. So you got second and third, nobody out with the ground ball guy up. Then uh, Elias Diaz hits that fly. Or then, or before Elias Diaz hits the fly out, the controversial balk was called. It was a flinch. Uh, Craig Council understood why it was a balk. That's why he didn't argue it. It's a you know in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of a dumb rule, but these are the rules. Okay, we don't make them. Maybe that will change moving forward. Then a Diaz. Hits that sack fly. So two runs score in the blink of an eye after the balk and then the fly out. And then you look after it, a strikeout and a pop out. That run would not have scored. So you're like, Ugh. all right, 4-4 game going to the eighth. And then it all blew up on Peter Strzelecki. And we're going to play some of that audio here in just a moment. But I want to get Craig Council's thoughts about this game 
overall and uh, what happened in this series and talking about Wade Miley. So here's what Craig Council had to say uh, after the contest. It just didn't work out. They, they, they played well this series. They played great defense. They made a number of defensive plays again today. Um, and then, then they beat us three games. And then the way, I mean, the way the Wade was pitching, I'm sure you felt comfortable letting him go out for the Yeah, season. I mean, yeah, no, no questions going out. And, I, I mean, he, he threw the ball really well. He's thrown the ball well all year. And uh, he just, he made, maybe made two mistakes today. One to Brian on the double and the last pitch, the best pitch he threw. Other than that, he was brilliant. Br- brilliant is the perfect word. I, I thought that Wade Miley, and again, doing this at Coors, right? The cutter was really working. Uh, he had guys fooled on a couple of changeups too. The only guy that gave him really a hard at bat consistently was Mike Mustakis. Shout out. Um, I, I just I'm so impressed with Wade Miley right now, and I'm so impressed with the Brewers trusting to bring him back, trusting that he's healthy, and believing in him to be this fifth starter as the Brewers roll into a six man rotation. We'll talk more about that in the latter half of the, st- of the show. But uh, I want you to hear from Peter Soslecki after things blew up on him in the eighth inning with a couple of walks and the base hit. Uh, Peter Strzelecki on the ups and downs of a season. I mean, I think we're a great, great team. I mean, you go, there's ups and downs. It's such a long season. From even you know, I haven't been in a full season yet, but just from talking to all the guys, they, you know, they tell you it's going to be a lot of ups, a lot of downs. So you just got to stay even keel and keep pushing, keep fighting, take care of your body. And I know every guy in here is going to do that. So I just, like I said, I need to be better because I'm letting my teammates down, and I can't do that. You're going to lose games, okay? And you're going to lose games in frustrating fashion and heartbreaking fashion and games you felt like you should have won. Uh, and this was certainly one of those games. But I'm going to spend the next segment talking about why this is only an alarm and I am not even close to the panic button, okay? We're going we're to take a little ride down uh, memory lane here, talk about some legendary teams, talk about the Brewers and the fact that they're 18 and 13. If you want to participate, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616. Six one six one six twenty, or you can tweet in at Dom underscore C O T R O N E O. Lots of season to go, and lots of show to go on Brewers Weekly. Nine six final. They're swept by the Rockies. It's on to San Francisco, and despite as how bad everything has gone this week, and even back in the middle of the homestand, losing two out of three to the Red Sox to the Tigers, you're not. We're going to talk about some history here. First of all, a reminder. This is I tweeted this analogy, and I'm a golfer, as you know. The analogy that I have the Brewers season right now, if, if you map it out 18 holes, right? The Brewers probably just finished the fourth hole. So they're a little, just about 20% done with their round. Okay, just getting going. But they started birdie birdie. Yeah, all right. On fire. Let's go. Birdie, birdie. Then they made like a shaky par, right? Like they hit a drive into the woods. They made a great punch out. They put the wedge to like 15 feet, made an awesome par putt. Hey, great job, man. Barely kept that one between the lines. And this week was a double bogey. (laughs) So they're back to even par. The reason I say that is because I think you could have pulled, before knowing how that start would go, you could have pulled... A majority of Brewers fans, I would say 7 out of 10, maybe 8 out of 10, would say 18 and 13, I'll take that. Given the way that things were starting, you know, with those tough six tough series to start the season, I don't think anyone expected them to be, you know, kind of stalled since coming back from that Seattle trip. 
But that's something that you got to keep perspective on, that we are so early in the season, and they got off to a good start, which has given them a little bit of goodwill. I'm not saying things are perfect, but let's let's take a little history lesson, shall we? So let's look back. Man, everybody loves to talk about 1982, right? The lovable losers. Won the pennant. Great team. Hall of Famers on that team. They were 23 and 24. They fired their manager. Then Harvey comes in, and we all know the rest. They got off to a slow start and made it to the World Series. Okay, well, well, Don, that was 1982. I mean, like you said, there are Hall of Famers on that team. There's, you, you can't judge that. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. How about 2011? They were 13 and 19. That team won 96 games. Has the record for most wins in Brewers history. Tied for the most wins in Brewers history with 96. They were 13 and 19, 32 games in. We're 31 games in, and the Brewers are 18 and 13. See what I'm getting at here? Why you don't overreact in the first week of May? Well, okay, well, Dom, that, that team was, you know, man, that team was so much fun. Eddie Yost and Ryan Braun. And I, 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 hey, I get it. Let's go even more recent. 2018. Remember the road trip from hell? Remember losing 7 of 8 to Miami in Pittsburgh, getting swept by Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh? At one point, they had lost 9 of 11 games there in July. Right around the All-Star break. Everyone thought the sky was falling then too, right? That was in July. You know, that's it's real then. Then we all know what happened in September. The great winning streak to end the season. Win game 163. Shock the Cubs. And move on to the uh, NLCS. You just never know. Well, oh, okay, well, none of the guys from this team are really on that team anymore, Don. What are you talking about? Okay, fine. 2021. How the Brewers acquired Willie Adamas. They were 21 and 23 when they acquired Willie. The rest is history. Now, I'm not saying an acquisition is on the verge of happening, but that team won 95 games in 2021, and they were under 500 in May. It's a reminder. There is so much baseball to happen. And I, I get it. There's worries and there's troubling trends of the fact of the injuries right now. Think about the fact that you're five games above 500. You just had your worst series of the year. Brandon Woodruff hasn't pitched since the second week of the season. Aaron Ashby hasn't thrown a pitch this season. Uh, one of your main innings guys in the bullpen, Matt Bush, is injured, and he's got off to a slow start again, too. But you look at the fact that you also have Garrett Mitchell injured and likely out for the year. You're playing rookies in multiple positions and expect a, a lot out of them in Bryce Terang and Joey Weimer, and they both have cooled off since then. Uh, and you also look at the fact that you don't really have, you didn't have Tyrone Taylor until this week, who's a normal, solid producer for the Brewers. Not saying he's an all-star, but a solid producer. I don't know if you realize this or not, but the majority of players in Major League Baseball are not all-stars. So to have more guys that are serviceable and above league average is a good thing. And more Tyrone Taylors, having guys that can get you knocks, can get you hits, and play awesome defense like we saw this week, that's good stuff. I think we can all get wrapped up in, oh, they won you know, 15 games that early. They were off to such a great start. This will never end. No, of course not. We also can get wrapped up in the fact that this NFL, NBA thinking that every game matters. Plot twist. Every game you may think it matters in baseball, it matters less so to an extent than you think. It's 162, y'all. I, I don't know how how many ways I can skin this cat and just talk about the fact that 
look, there's so much to go. In fact, one tweeter calling it, uh, tweeting in saying, well, they're not in that golf analogy. They're not even off the driving range yet. <laughs> I like that. It's true. It's May 4th, y'all. I'm not going to freak out about that. But do you understand this history lesson? Teams go through ruts. Team gets off to slow starts. Teams go through weird parts of their season. But I think the number one alarm bell about this team, and Kurt Hogue just wrote about it in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, is their performance against left-handed pitching. You can't hide from it. It's shocking. And if you want to say, no, it's not shocking. This is who they are. No, no, no. The reason why it's shocking is because the Brewers are playing it by the book. They're putting in a million righties. They're putting in guys that are supposed to perform against left-handed pitching. And they literally acquired a guy in Luke Voigt saying, look, I know you have reverse splits, but we have ideas to help you. And it hasn't worked out. They got shoved again by Kyle Freeland in yesterday's game. And Freeland could have gone longer if he didn't get injured. He had a neck seize up on him. So he was only at 62 pitches through five innings. And then Brent Suter, old friend, came in and helped slam the door. Also, hat tip to the Rockies' defense this week. Holy cow, they were on fire. We're going to talk a little bit more about the numbers, uh, what needs to be done. A couple of guys slumping right now, too. Let's let's break down the Southpaw slump coming up next. This is Brewers Weekly. Welcome back. We're to the top of the hour. This is Brewers Weekly. Let's start digesting what's going wrong with the Brewers against left-handed pitching. They've been the worst team in baseball against Southpaws. That's not me saying it's stats. Worst OPS, worst on-base percentage, worst batting average. And, again, I really encourage you to check this article out. It's for subscribers on the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Kurt Hogue wrote this. does great work, him and Todd Rosiak. This is a a quote from Christian Yelich from this article. Yelich faced the reality of the situation. Quote, obviously, it's been a problem. Yelich said of Brewers against lefties. Why, Why it has? I'm not really sure. It's one of those baseball mysteries, I guess, where sometimes things don't make sense. Clearly, we haven't done as well against left-handed pitchers as we do right-handed pitchers. But we have a lot of quality right-handed hitters. You would think there's going to be some days where you're going to get a got somebody, but that's just kind of consistently turned into a problem. It's something we have to find a way to do better at, for sure. It's not on deaf ears in the Brewers Clubhouse right now that they are struggling with left-handed pitching. That's not breaking news. They know it. And everyone jumping on me the last couple of days, you know, mean tweets and everything like that about the lefty handed pitching and everything. And it was like, how are you surprised? How are you not? How are you surprised? This is what they are. They didn't add it. No, wait, wait, time out. The guys that are on this team that are supposed to be contributing are not contributing. Right? You're only pointing to the guys that were added on, right? William Adamas was counted to provide against left-handed pitching. He's counted on to provide every single day. William Contreras counted on to provide against left-handed pitching. He's got a couple of singles, but he have not seen his power yet. You're also relying on guys like Brian Anderson to not be as streaky as he is. Mike Brasso had an epic spring training. That's completely cooled off. At least Victor Caratini's swinging the bat well right now. Switch hitting catcher. He's off to a good start with the bat. Joey Weimer. He's really slowed down. So Joey Weimer wasn't exactly looked to to add against lefties, but part of the reason he was added to this team at the time that he was over Sal Freelich was the fact that he was right-handed. And with Tyrone Taylor injured at the time, 
The reason Weimer was on the team is because he's an outfielder that can play center, just like Sal Freelich, but with more power and right-handed. And it hasn't gone well for him. He's learning how to hit in the big league. So I don't want to confuse people saying that, oh, they didn't add anything in the offseason to help against lefties. They should have three, four guys in this lineup every day that are hitting against lefties. And Owen Miller has been getting singles. He's been getting hits, but he's not a power guy. He's not looked to for power on this team. But the fact that the lefties have coincided with Willie Adamas having maybe his worst slump as a brewer, on top of the fact that Jesse Winker hasn't been playing against lefties, Bryce Terang doesn't even have a hit against a left-handed pitcher yet, let alone is he playing much against them. It's the way the roster is constructed. Now, if you think that guys that hit against lefties grow on trees, then go go pick one out for me, please. Luke Voigt, I know folks say the reverse splits thing should have seen this coming. You're not wrong. I, I could see that. I can get behind that. But at the same time, Luke Voigt chose the Brewers. Luke Voigt, remember when the Brewers had to pick up his option during spring training and they didn't, extending it for another week? Luke could have left. Luke could have said, you know what, I'm going to go find something else. Luke knew what he was walking into. Walking into Rowdy Tellez being the primary starter. He said as much when he arrived, saying, look, I know Rowdy's the primary first baseman. I know my job will be to hit against lefties. And he hasn't done that yet. Keyword, yet. When do you call Keston? When do you try to see, is it worth it to give him one more shot? And a reminder, if you do call up Keston Hira, he's got a stick. He's out of options. Meaning, if you want to send him back down to the minor leagues, he would have to go through waivers once again. In fact, he would have a chance to go through waivers once again. Because remember, everyone passed on him coming out of spring training. Which the Brewers were very grateful for because they wanted to keep him inside of the organization. Right now in AAA Nashville, Keston is hitting three thirty. With an 11.02 OPS. But you have heard this story before. 2002. He had a 3.19 batting average. And an 11.80 OPS in his 13 games down in AAA. 2021. In 51 games in AAA. He hit 2.56 with an 8.39 OPS. He's got 10 homers this year in AAA. But let's go ahead and pull up the splits. Let's see what's going on against lefties. He had reverse splits in the big leagues. He's hitting 370 against lefties. I'm just saying. I'm just reporting the facts. He's got four of his 10 homers have come off lefties. 10 hits off of them. Three walks, seven strikeouts against lefties. I, I think the Keston discourse is a worthy discussion right now. I'm not quite ready to pull the plug because it's an expensive plug with Luke Voigt, given there's an option on that and a buyout and everything. But... It's one of those situations where, remember, when Sal Freelich was sent down, the message to him when he was sent down and Bryce Terang made the team and then a day later Weimer made the team, the message to Sal was, force your way up here. Hit your way up here. And to this point, Keston here is doing it. But I understand the scar tissue the Brewers are experiencing right now. They've seen this before from Keston. Like, man, here he is again, torching up AAA. He's a good dude. The clubhouse likes him. The fan base loves him. Can he do it in the big leagues? And and a great quote about, and this was actually from Owen Miller from an article during the offseason with Dan Larilla of the uh, of Fangraphs. 
Owen Miller learning in his first year in the big leagues and adjusting and talking hitting. The thing about the big leagues is that pitchers will pitch to your weaknesses, not pitch to their own strengths, right? Whereas in AAA, pitchers are pitching to their strengths, even if it is one of your strengths, right? If a pitcher throws velo, and we know Keston can handle velo, he can hit opposite field home runs with the best of them. And in AAA, he's going to be throwing velo. But yet, in the majors, that player would be instructed, let's, let's spin a little bit more. Let's try elevated fastballs. Let's see what he can do against big league breaking balls. I'm not opposed to listening to the Keston Hero argument. But Luke Voigt has only less than 60 plate appearances. That is way too early to pull a plug. And again, the fact that Keston, when he comes up, he has to stay. Period. So... Maybe if it's once we get to 150, 200 plate appearances, and I, I can hear you rolling your eyes at me right now. we got to see 150 plate appearances from Luke Voigt to make the decision. Look at his history. I, was, I get it. But he has earned that, knowing what he can do with his power and knowing what he can deliver for your team. All right, the Brewers are just in some mega slumps right now. Multiple guys, right? Willie, just two for his last 34. That's an 059 average. Brasso, just four for his last 26. Weimer's only hitting 169 since the first week of the season. So I believe in it. The lefties is a big deal out of it. We're also going to preview that Giants series, tell you how many lefties you're going to see in that one. And we're also going to talk about will it stick. That's coming up next. And uh, my producer, Justin Pottinger, is going to get in on this game that we're about to play here in a second. So we're with you to the top of the hour. Take another break here. This is Brewers Weekly. All right, let's have some fun for a second here. This is what early in the season can do. It can skew numbers. It can make people overreact too soon in the season. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Weekly. Justin Pottinger, my producer, is going to get in on the fun here. Uh, Justin, I'm just going to simply ask you a question. Sure. Will this stick? Meaning, yes or no? These are simple answers. Okay, we're going to go through some standings, and we're going to go through some league leaders right now. Okay, I think the most obvious one, now we know the Cardinals are not the worst team in the National League, but by record, they currently are. They are 10-22, and 22, which is crazy. But my question to you is, they're obviously out of a playoff spot right now. Here we are on May 4th. Will that stick? Will the Cardinals not make the playoffs? I'm going to say stick. Really? I'm going to say stick. I have a lot of Cardinals buddies. They're freaking out. I'm going to say stick. I don't think they make it. Yeah, they, they've got a lot of work to do. I mean, even with as bad as the Brewers have been playing, they're, you know, eight and a half games back of the Brewers right now, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to think about. And we were having a conversation uh, in the press box after the Brewers finish up that series with the Cardinals and took two out of three from them. The only positions I can confidently, confidently say the Cardinals are better than the Brewers at, at that time, were third base and first base, confidently. Now, there there are a couple other positions probably, too, but I'm just saying, like, now this is not I mean, pitching, most definitely not. Uh, catching, I think, is a push, but you answered the question. I agree with you. I think they're in serious doo-doo right now. The fact they have the worst record in the National League. And the Pirates, the way they're playing ball, too. That's the, the next question. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Do the Pirates make, they're in a playoff spot right now. Does that stick? Do the Pirates make the playoffs? I'm going to say no. I agree. It's going to be, it's going to be, I don't know, their back half of the year is going to be interesting, but 
even though I'm a Cubs guy, you're a Brewers guy. It's it's exciting to see what Pittsburgh's doing. I it's mean, fun. Yeah, it's very fun. I'm calling them this year's Baltimore Orioles, right? I like that. They're peaking mm-hmm. a year too soon, but it's encouraging to see the rebuild is almost over for them. They're here. They just got swept by the Rays this week. The Rays are really freaking good. That leads me to my next one. The Rays, best record in baseball, 26-6. and six. Will they finish with the best record in baseball? They're going to be in the playoffs. They're playing in one of the hardest divisions in baseball. Do they finish with the best record in baseball? There's so many games left. I'll say no. I'll say no, but they'll they'll definitely be a top five team. I'm going to say they will finish with the best record in baseball. Wow, yeah. Because, I mean, they have such a lead right now. Right now, you know, the only other teams that have over 20 wins are the Orioles in their division, 21. Mm -hmm. The Braves, they've got 22. And the Pirates, they've got 20. Now, we know the Pirates aren't sticking. Atlanta's going to stick around, but they also play in a tough division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at the East in the AL. Yankees are not that good. They're not. And with Aaron Judge out, Stanton out, Donaldson's out, they don't have any offense. The Yankees are in last place despite being two games above five hundred. So that's my next question. Does that stick? Are the Yankees going to miss the playoffs? Their division is just so good. I... I... If this one this one's the hardest question you've asked me. I'll say I'll say they squeak in, but I have a feeling you're going to say no. I'm going to say no. Yeah. They don't have enough. Uh-huh. They said that they're going to do more than add, you know, re-sign Judge and add Carlos Rodon and mm-hmm. Rodon got hurt in the beginning of the year. At least Garrett Cole's pitching like a Cy Young again for them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I you're right. That division is loaded. It's the awesome. Blue Jays are reloaded and yep. they haven't even they're on a losing streak right now. Mm-hmm. You look at what Baltimore is doing, if the ball, if the Orioles add pitching at the deadline, it's going to get really interesting. They for got them. great bats, great bats, but they have no pitching whatsoever. Like they beat the Royals today, they swept the Royals, but like all of the games were double digit runs, and they allowed like seven runs a game to Kansas City, who have the like, second worst record in the national in the American happen. League. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Now let's get to some league leaders here to finish up this segment. Just will it stick? Is this going to stick around? Just showing you how early things are. In this season. So Luis Arise is hitting 424 right now. Now, he's not going to hit 400. No one's going to hit 400 <laughs> in modern baseball. But do you think he can hit over 350? I'll, I'll say no. I don't think that's going to stick. That would be very impressive if he would keep that over 350. Well, just, just for context, Ronald Acuna Jr. is in second at 355. So mm-hmm. that is a big drop-off there yeah. for the batting title right now. Here's another one. Home run race. Your boy Patrick Wisdom's in second with he 11. He is. Trailing Max Muncy, who's having a heck of a resurgence. The Bruce will see Max Muncy Monday through Wednesday here at American Family Field. Mm-hmm. Is Max Muncy going to lead the National League in home runs at the end of the year? I can see that. I would I would go on Wisdom. I don't think Wisdom's going to keep it up. I think he's he's hitting great right now. I don't think he'll keep it up. Um, answer your question. I also don't think he will as well. No, I can, I'm going to give you, I agree, but I'm going to give you a name who's going to lead sure. in home runs. Sure. Matt Olson. Yeah. Matt Olson was my pick for NL MVP at the start of the season, so I'm very happy about the start that he has had. Okay, one more quick one here for you. Looking at stolen bases right now. Ronald Acuna Jr. leads the National League with 15 stolen bases. Uh, Chisholm has 11. Bay has 13. But there's a few guys. Corbin Carroll has 10, but he's got a jammed knee right now. Does anybody with the new rules... Reach 50 stolen bases because Acuna is on a 60 stolen base uh, pace right now. I'll say someone will get it. 
I, I yeah, I'll say someone will get it. It's gonna be close. It's definitely much more difficult. Um, I it's it's gonna be. I'll say no. Okay. Or, yeah. 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 I, I think someone's gonna do it. Yeah. I think someone's gonna. Do I'm it. back and forth on that one. That one's gonna be interesting. I, I think that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I love the new rules. I think it's been great. Mm-hmm. And I hope listeners along uh, played on that game as well because I, I it's just a reminder how early we are right now in the season. It's only May. It's only May. Look at the calendar. Let's take our last break. Get you ready for the Giants this weekend. Stay with us. All right. A few more West Coast games, so we don't have to worry about West Coast late nights until August. The Giants. Gigantes. Adios. Pelota. I love John Miller. One of the nicest dudes in baseball as well. Uh, Giants. Brewers. From the weekend in the city by the bay. Tomorrow night, it's a late one. First pitch is 9-15. Coverage starts at 8-40 with the On Deck Show. Then on Saturday, a little bit earlier, we got that in-between start time. It'll be a 6-15 central time first pitch, 4-15 in San Francisco. Uh, I've got your Brewers warm-up at 5 o'clock starting on Saturday. And then we've got Brewers extra innings after all three of these games this weekend. And then on Sunday, got Brewers warm-up starting at 2 for a 3.05 Central Time first pitch. How about the pitching matchups? Tomorrow night, Corbin Burns against left-hander Sean Mania. <gasps> a lefty. Oh, no. Sean Mania has been off to a very slow start. He'll be excited to be back at sea level, given he was the guy that got rocked in Mexico City in that Padres-Giants series down there. He's got a 7.85 ERA, and I already see the negativity on Twitter. Folks saying, oh, look at tomorrow's starter. That means he's going to go two hits and six shutout. Let's let's just let it play out, okay? Tomorrow's going to be a good test. Tomorrow's going to figure out, you know, I'm not saying, even if they, you know, hit seven runs on seven hits and hit a bunch of homers off Mania, doesn't doesn't mean everything's okay. One game doesn't erase what we've seen so far, but I would just like to see it. You know, I'd like to see them with a lead, when the lefty exits the game. Plus, he got Corbin Burns on the mound. So, that's a good sign as well. He owned the Giants last season, pitching against them here at American Family Field with those weird squeeze games uh, with the uh, lockout schedule. So, that's tomorrow. Saturday, it'll be Colin Ray against Alex Cobb. The Brewers have TBA listed for Sunday, but we expect that to be Adrian Hauser. He is traveling with the team. He has not yet been formally activated from the injured list. So we're just kind of waiting and seeing and making sure that everything's going to be okay come Sunday. He will be countered by the chicken strip, Ross Stripling. Again, tomorrow night, 9-15 first pitch. Saturday night, 6-15 first pitch. And then Sunday afternoon, a 3-05 first pitch. We got Brewers extra innings after every single game coming up this weekend in San Francisco. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. My thanks to Justin Pottinger, our producer, My name is Dominic Catronio. Keep on swinging.